Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Well, it's all about China reopening today, where Shanghai is taking big steps to resume towards normalcy with business operations and as people go back to work. And there's bright prospects for days ahead as economies around the world look forward to the Chinese reopening. Of course, Japan and South Korea also taking steps there. And markets, to some extent, have been pricing in the optimism. Chinese shares closed at five-week highs on Tuesday, led by a rally in consumer and high-tech stocks. And we saw the blue-chip CSI 300 index up 1.6% to its highest level since mid-April. And the Shanghai Composite gained 1.2% to 3,186 points. The Hang Seng Index, also in the green, up by 1.4%, its highest closing level since April 14. And they also saw the China Enterprises Index gaining 2.2% to 7,416. So quite a lot of optimism being priced in into the Chinese reopening story. Of course, we've seen in the past two months that has been weighing on the prospects of the Chinese economy with businesses being shut and restaurants closed and people just being stuck at home. So maybe a bit of revenge, revenge spending and a lot of revenge travel to look forward to in China. To get a bigger picture, we've got Manpreet Gill. He is the head of FICC Investment Strategy for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Manpreet. How are you doing today? Morning, Ryan. I'm great. How are you? Hey, it looks like bright days ahead for China with the city of Shanghai easing curbs. And of course, uh, this is pretty much looked forward to quite a lot because this means you could see Chinese bounce, China's economy bouncing back. What do you make of this in terms of an impact on market sentiment this week? No, it, it's clearly a big positive, and I'm sure the residents, of course, have been, have been awaiting this as well. But from an economic perspective, it really does signal a removal of one of the most acute sort of phases of the lockdown, at least in Shanghai. And from an economic perspective, that's, that's important for two reasons. I think one is, of course, it allows more unfettered restart of economic activity. And I think that's obviously the most direct one. But but also what it means is that, you know, several of the policy stimulus measures that have either been announced or in the pipeline, they can really start to, you know, really get start to have some bite because, you know, stimulus, of course, announcements are a good thing, but it's really hard for them to be effective when everyone's in lockdown. So I think from both angles, it really is a positive signal for economic activity from this point forward. Yeah, Manpreet, talking about those um, policies being announced, what do you make of them? We saw about 50 measures around eight categories and it's been all around trying to get consumers to spend again. Do you think we will see that bounce back? Well, to a degree, yes. And I think what was interesting about those measures is that they weren't restricted to supply-side measures alone, which is where what a lot of policy stimulus tends to be focused on in China. So infrastructure spending, of course, was there. But I think it's interesting that we saw measures to support, for example, more purchases of cars or household appliances. We saw more encouragement of the platform industry. So it was a pretty interesting mix, and I think really sort of trying to get to the heart of some of the challenges facing the economy. But like I said, I think what's really exciting about them is that they're also coming at a time when some of the most acute you know, lockdowns are being brought to an end. So I think that's where we'll start to see the impact come through. And of course, that's positive from an industry, from an equity market perspective. I think that's one of our biggest takeaways. But of course, we do expect to start showing up from you know June and July economic data mm. as well. So you know, clearly a positive and one of our key assumptions behind a positive view on Chinese equities. Amanpe, um, is it too early to say the worst is over for China? Because we got some PMI numbers coming through that were better than expected. And also now we've got a reopening story playing out in terms of exposure to markets. Should investors take this as a sign that, hey, this is something to you know, look at more closely right now. 
And as for investors, it is. I think from an economic perspective, you're right. I mean, these sort of recoveries do take time. It's not a flip of a switch. But I think the policy framework is there. But I think for markets, what, what the additional factor we always need to add, add through is, you know, what's the reality versus what's already priced in. And I think the ISM data was a good example of how the actual number, yes, it was still below 50. We haven't got to the expansion phase, but it was a lot better than what consensus was looking for. And I think a similar case in equity markets that while that recovery is likely to take time, you know, at the end of the day, equity market valuations relative to developed markets, for example, are at the lowest, you know, they've usually been in through their history. So there's quite a bit of pain and, you know, a pessimism priced into markets. So we think relative to those expectations, we do think it's time to start looking, you know, taking a closer look, uh, particularly at sectors like industrials, which are clearly a bigger policy priority. Yeah, I'm also curious about how this will play out for Australia in terms of at least the Australian dollar. We've seen commodity prices going up by quite a bit. Are we looking at a strong Aussie dollar as we hit towards the end of the year? Well, in our view, we are. And I think it's interesting that China, of course, being one of the most significant catalysts, because when you step back and look at the Aussie dollar, I mean, there are two reasons we particularly like. I think one, of course, is commodity prices, which have been you know, a big theme uh, through the first part of this year, even as other asset losses suffered, and that's good for the Aussie dollar. But second is that, you know, the Aussie dollar and, and commodity central banks are amongst the minority that have been also raising interest rates, even as Fed has been raising its own expectations mm-hmm. higher. So that means the Aussie dollar has not had to face the same sort of headwinds with the Fed raising interest rates and, and other currencies, central banks not doing so. But I think China, of course, may provide that final catalyst for the, for the big move higher that we haven't quite seen come through because that's ultimately still a big source of end-user demand. It supports the continuation of further rate hikes and, and strong commodity prices, but we think that may inject some more positivity that could unlock the value in the, in the Aussie dollar. Yeah, the Aussie dollar up around 2% in the past month versus the greenback. And take a look at the euro, also very similar, up 2.1% versus US dollar. And we did get some eurozone inflation data out overnight and that saw uh, the eurozone inflation coming through at 8.1% and that is a record high for a seven month in a row. Uh, what do you make of inflation number and how that will play out for the euro? Well, it clearly shifts the focus right back to the European Central Bank and just how much, you know, they may be set to raise rates because, and I think it's interesting that's part of a broader narrative that we've been so focused on the Fed in the first part of the year, but now we're seeing the focus shift to the other side of mm. the equation. Now, 25 basis points of the next two quarterly meetings, I think that seems to be, as, as the ECB chief economist put, framed it, the baseline. But it's interesting you've seen more and more policymakers come out in support of 50 basis point rate hikes or more. So I think there's room clearly for those expectations to be repriced. And I think the most significant impact is on the euro, because that's been a currency that's suffered as expectations have risen on the US side of that currency pair, not on the euro side. But we're now going to see a reversal of that. And as expectations rise in Europe, we think the euro could set to be one of the bigger beneficiaries. Mm, and talking about the U.S. Uh, and the Federal Reserve, uh, we are watching out for the U.S. non-farm payrolls data out this Friday, Manpreet. So what are you expecting? Are we looking out for another strong round data around the jobs uh, market? Well, that's clearly one, possibly one of the most important data points due this between the next couple of weeks. But I, I think in absolute terms, yes. But I, I sort of go back and reframe it in terms of what the number looks like relative to expectations. I think that's still the most important mm. uh, influence on markets. And second, I think it may be a perverse case of bad news, maybe good news, because mm. an excessively strong number might reignite fears that the Fed may need to you know, further accelerate the pace at which it's, it's tightening policy, while a number that's sort of in and around consensus, perhaps even a little bit below that, might actually keep growth fears at bay because it may sort of lead to a conclusion that the Fed is, is okay doing just what's priced in. So bad news may be good news, uh, but I think that relative expectations is the frame I'd be looking at any number. Okay, something to watch out for as we head towards the end of the week. The non-farm payrolls numbers are on Friday. We've been chatting with Gill. He is the head of FICC Investment Strategy for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Manpreet, great chatting with you and 
and I'll catch up again with you soon. Thanks very much. Have a great week ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.